If you've got your Bibles, have a look at uh, Judges chapter 6 and uh, I'm going to look at verse 12 and then I'm going to come back to some more in that section and it says this. Um, before I get on with that, I am wearing my Captain America t-shirt with the superhero theme. Um, Chris Love, you are just amazing at celebrity heads. I mean, you were, you were tearing that thing up, weren't you? <laughs> that was just, just absolutely phenomenal. Actually, I'm, what I am pleased about, Chris, is perhaps, perhaps as a, uh, as a 13-year-old boy, you didn't have the Wonder Woman fantasy. <laughs> it says this in Judges 6:12. It says, "The angel of the Lord appeared to another one of our superheroes, Gideon, and said to him, "Mighty hero, the Lord is with us." Now, when you come to Father's Day and we have something like a, a superhero theme and you start to think about that and who this morning is feeling like a superhero? <laughs> Some of you. But the, the reality is, you know, superheroes are, are not real, are they? So sorry, everyone. But, 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 you know, superheroes are almost, like, you know, they're this figment of our imagination, a fantasy of, of, you know, somebody who is superhuman, somebody that, you know, we'd all like to be one day or, or, or could be or, or this thing that we sort of come up with. Even, even the whole being superhuman, even the expectations that we have as people, as men, as women, as sons, as daughters, you know, often those expectations are that we are way better than we can actually ever aspire to be and we feel like we've somehow got to be these superheroes or super people. And I think, um, I think for blokes in our society, for men particularly, um, men feel that pressure. They, they often feel that pressure to, um, to achieve all sorts of things, to, to be all sorts of, uh, of things, and quite frankly, not everybody feels like a superhero. Did you know every year in Australia that over 65,000 Australians make a choice not to continue? 65,000 Australians each year make a suicide attempt. That, that's phenomenal, isn't it? That's quite staggering. And more than 3,000 Australians died by suicide in 2017. Apparently that was particularly uh, a bad year. I believe that it was you know, impacted by the rural situation and drought and things like that. That was a, a very high year. But to put that in perspective... And, and I'm, not, I'm not at all um, criticising or, or commenting on, on where we've been in our, our response to COVID because I think, I think our government's led us well and I think we've had a good response. Um, but did you know that we've had to the third of the ninth um, this year, we've had unfortunately 678 people have passed away due to the, to the COVID-19 virus um, and, and that's... That's a much smaller percentage than people that get so lost in their own brokenness and actually make the choice to end it. The, the toughest funeral that I've ever done, I was talking to somebody this morning who had just been to a similar funeral, but the, the toughest funeral that I've ever done was for a, a really good friend of mine. It was a, a guy that had been 
in my world, in my life. He'd actually worked for me. We'd, uh, we'd done all sorts of things. We'd done lots of diving together, scuba diving together. We'd um, four-wheel drive, ridden motorbikes, all sorts of stuff that we'd done together. And unfortunately, he became so confused and lost in his brokenness um, after you know family separation and things that had gone on in his world, and he made that ultimate choice. And I, I still remember the feeling of needing to stand before a group of people that were his friends and his family and, and loved him very much, you know, and lead people through a process of, of starting to reconcile what had happened in a choice that he'd made in his own brokenness. It was, the, it was one of the toughest, toughest things that I've had to do, particularly in a, in a public sense. On average, roughly 45 men in Australia take their own lives every week. It's based on the Australian Bureau of Statistics from 2017, so hopefully it's, it's not quite as bad at the moment. But in that year, 2,348 men actually took their lives to suicide. Tells me a lot of blokes, a lot of men, a lot of women are not feeling much like superheroes. In fact, it says many are feeling hopeless or like failures, lost, angry, isolated, as many struggle with depression and, and, and other, other parts of mental illness. And it's, it's, a, it's a huge problem. It's a problem that I certainly can't address with one quick sermon. But what I actually do want to remind us as we... Look at that situation, and I've brought you to a pretty sombre place just for a moment. But it's something that, as as a church, as kingdom people, as a society, as a community, that we've got to understand, we've got to own, and we've got to be able to address it. But what I do want to say is we've got a big God. Problem's too big for one sermon, it's too big for one person. But we have a big God. And and John 10.10, I quote this verse a lot because it says, The thief comes only to kill, steal and destroy. You know, uh, uh, some of these things that that people are so inflicted with in our society, people that are battling with brokenness and depression, is part of a thief who comes to kill, steal, rob and destroy. In other words, take away future, take away hope and, and rob that so that it feels like there is nothing else to do. But what did Jesus say in response to that? He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. In brokenness and confusion, God wants to speak to the hero within you. And you might say this morning, hey Dave, I don't feel much like a hero, I don't feel much like a superhero at all. Something that is very critical and core to our beliefs and our understanding as Christians is that Every person is of intrinsic value. Every person was created in the image of God. 
In other words, that every person who has ever walked on this earth actually has the seeds of greatness, the DNA of greatness in them, in the way that they're wired, in the way that they're made, in the way that they're built, regardless of circumstances of situation, I want to say this morning to everyone, to our men, to our women, anybody else, that, you know what, there is a hero within you. You've been created for greatness, you have a hero within you. And yes, the enemy, the brokenness of this world will want to kill, steal and destroy But Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and have it to the full. Back to Judges 6. I want to go to one of our celebrity heads this morning, to Gideon. And um, actually, that was a a hard one. That wasn't uh, an easy one to get. I thought Josh would have got the Hulk straight away. I thought he would have just thought, you know, who would they give me? Who's the most like me? Bang, Hulk. ego. (laughs) Would it be Iron Man? (laughs) Then the angel of the Lord, this is Judges 6, starting at verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the tree at Ophrah, which belonged to Joash from the clan of Abuzah. Abiezer. <laughs> Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide from the Midi- hide the grain from the Midianites. Now, Israel's experience at this time was a whole nation who were being robbed. Basically, what we're told is that that every time they they grew their crops, every time their their animals would breed, that that these these hordes of raiders um, from from Midian and Amalek, they would would come in and they would strip the land bare. They they would strip it of all its crops. They would take away their livestock. And, And when you take away livestock, you don't just take away those animals, but you take away all the stock that you have to breed with for the future. So their future was being robbed by, by, by these raiders. And, and, and they were reduced to starvation. They were reduced to hopelessness. They were living in caves. They were actually hiding from these enemies. And, and this is exactly the time that this guy Gideon, who, who's thinking, if only I can just you know, thresh a little bit of wheat where they can't see me, perhaps we've got enough for our family to get through the year. So he was, normally they'd thresh wheat outside where the, where the breeze would get under it and lift it up and dry it out, where he's actually down in a wine press. He's down in, in the ground somewhere trying to, to thresh this wheat. So it would have been a very difficult job. And, and I don't think there were too many heroes around at that time. I don't think there were too many heroes in the nation at that time. And maybe the, the closest thing that we can think about in recent history is perhaps, you know, we've been through a, a tough season this year, but you know what, what we've been through this year is, is actually pretty mild compared with what people went through in the Great Depression. 
You know, in the, in the Great Depression, you know, people were, there was just mass people feeling so hopeless. You know, you, you read about, about the executives jumping off buildings in, in Wall Street. You, you, you hear about people that just had to get on the road because, you know, they had no food, no nothing. In that time, what did Australia find as a hero? A racehorse. <laughs> a racehorse that, that actually won races. And of course, it was far lap. And whatever you think about horse racing, it was at a time when, a nation needed a hero and they could actually get behind something that was winning. And, and whenever, whenever we're in a tough season, there is something in us that wants to get behind or wants to get on board with something that is winning. That's why this morning I want to speak to the hero within you. Because you know what we have in the kingdom of God, we can actually not just get behind something that is winning, we can be part of a team, of a family, of a kingdom that is winning and will always win. And we're not reduced to hiding in caves. We're not reduced to, to being down on the ground and wondering what was going to happen. We've actually got greatness within us. And, and unlike um, some of our superheroes, yes, we can have some humility about that. But, but we actually need to understand that that has been planted within us. And that is the way that we're called to live. If you're joining us online this morning, great to have you with us. Um, keep the comments coming in. I'd love to hear, actually, how you're feeling. Do you feel like a superhero this morning? Or, or, or perhaps you're, you're thinking, yeah, I actually, yeah, just jokingly, I might feel like a superhero sometimes. But, you know, let's get some good conversations going about some of the stuff that we go through when we feel like perhaps areas of our life have been robbed or taken from us and we feel anything but. Uh, but listen to how, how God spoke to Gideon in this moment. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. And I want to say this morning, a big, loving God who has a full life for you would say, Mighty hero, mighty hero, God is with you. And, and I believe there's some people here that need to hear it. This year might be particularly tough. You might be battling through stuff at the moment. And what is the voice of God? The voice of God is mighty hero because he's speaking to how you were created. He says, I am with you. And Gideon responds, Sir Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Anybody ever said that to God? If you're with me, Lord, why is my life going down the toilet at the moment? If, if you are with me, why are we going through the worst year that we've ever had? And where are all the miracles our ancestors have told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? The Lord turned to him and said, Go, Gideon, go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites, I am sending you. But, Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? He says, my clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least of my entire family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you and I will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Gideon replied, if you are truly going to help me, show me a sign to prove that this really is the Lord speaking to me. Gideon says, don't go away until I come back with my offering for you. He answered, I will stay until you return. Gideon hurried home. 
He cooked a young goat um, with a basket of flour, he baked some bread without yeast, then carrying the meat in the basket and the broth in a pot, he brought them out and he presented them to the angel who was sitting under the great tree. The angel of the Lord said to him, Place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over it and get the did as he was told. Then the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the bread with the tip of his staff in his hand and fire and flame and, and fire and flame up from the rock consumed all that had been brought and the angel of the Lord disappeared. So this does sound like a superhero scene. When Gideon realised that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, O sovereign Lord, I'm doomed. I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. It's all right, the Lord replied. Don't be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord and named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord is peace. The altar remains in offer to this day of the clan of Ebenezer. Okay, so Gideon... Asks some obvious questions, doesn't it? Doesn't he? He addresses his fears. He addresses his insecurities. He addresses the fact: Is that really you, God? These are real things that we ask. And, and listen to how how God, through the angel of the Lord, which basically is an incarnation of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, so it's 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 the Son of God actually appearing to Gideon, and. And listen to how he responds. He doesn't ridicule him for his questions. He doesn't say, hey Gideon, no wonder you're in a wine press, mate. You haven't got the faith to stand up there and listen to God speaking. He doesn't say things like that. He just continues to encourage him with, I will be with you. You will succeed. You will overcome. You will defeat a whole army as if you're fighting against one man. And I reckon to, to our men this morning and to anybody else who needs to hear this, no matter your experience or your situation, um, you need to hear that God is with you and He actually wants to resurrect. He wants to resurrect the hero within you. You see, Gideon, actually he didn't say, hey Gideon, we're going to turn you into a hero. We're going to to put a cape on you, we're going to put a Captain America t-shirt on you, and we're going to make you a hero. He actually said, Gideon, and he actually didn't even call him that, he said, mighty hero, I am with you. So he actually spoke to who he was, not even what he would become. And sometimes we think, oh, God is talking about who we become. God knows who you are, and he actually speaks to the greatness that he has placed inside you already. And he will be with you. You will succeed. You will overcome. You will win battles. You will get through things as if you were fighting against one man when it feels like it's a whole army. I'll tell you what, this year has been um, a, a year of incredible dichotomies for many of us, particularly for me. Like we've, we've been through this season where we've just seen the blessing of God in amazing ways, where, where as a church we've been able to, to come into this facility. Um, you know, we, had a, we had a board meeting this week where we're making you know, really key decisions about the development that's going to start here very soon. And, and it's just amazing. But, but, but in other areas, in other areas, it feels like battles are raging. 
And it feels like, you know, sometimes it feels like you're not just dealing with one person. It feels like you're dealing with a whole army or, a, or, or an organisation or an institution. All these things are raging. And, and, and you know what God says, I will be with you and I will not let you go and you will succeed. You will overcome the might and the momentum of these things that come towards you as if you are fighting against just one person. And maybe you're at the moment, you're thinking, how how am I going to get through college? How am I going to get through university? How am I going to get through this season where my, my job is gone because of what we've been through in COVID? How am, I, how am I going to get through these things that are coming against us at the moment? You know, the word of the Lord is, and I believe this prophetically, and I believe that people need to hear it, that God is with you, you will succeed, and you will take on big problems as if you are taking on one small one. And, and you, need to, you need to receive this word because he wants to resurrect the hero within you. He doesn't have to turn you into a hero. You have got the seeds of greatness and he's going to resurrect those seeds of greatness. So how can we do that? How can we allow God to resurrect what is in us already? Well, number one, we've got to be ready to listen. Got to be ready to listen. Who's who's ever been guilty of talking when they should have been listening? Any young blokes here that had black eyes? You know, you, you, you were talking when you, you should have been listening. But there are so many voices around us, aren't there? There are so many voices that say stuff. You know, there's our own voice. Often, often chatter, 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 chatter. You know, we've got all this stuff going on in our own mind, you know, about this and about that. And, you know, sometimes we're, we're, we're talking about things that could be. Other times we're, we're ridiculing ourselves because of the mistakes we've made or, or, or where we've been. Other times we're getting ourselves disconnected from reality with our own thinking. All these things that actually happen in, in our mind. And then there are the voices of those already defeated. Who's had the already defeated speak to them? Oh, yeah, we tried that before. Yeah, that doesn't work, does it? Oh, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust that person. Or, you know, all those things, that, 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 those voices of the already defeated. And then there's the, the voice of, of advertising. You will never be successful when you drive that car. I mean, what do we do now? What do we joke about? We used to joke about Holden and Ford. I used to stand up here and say, you know, you will never succeed if you're driving a Holden. (laughs) Holden who? Where? (laughs) Gee, that went flat. (laughs) See, it's gone. It's finished. The voice of media, the, the, the voice of all this stuff that, that actually often, so often creates a feeling like there is so much happening and, and so much going on and, and, and maybe that's not quite the reality, but, but there's the voice of media, the, the, there's the voice of deception, the, there's the, the voice of fear, all these voices that are around us. Now Gideon was working hard. He probably would have had noise. He had the noise of the, of the threshing. He had noise of whatever was going on uh, around him. But somehow he actually stopped to hear the voice of God. And, and if, if you want, if we want the hero within us to be resurrected, we've actually got to stop and hear the voice of God. 
And, and I would like to say, if we're going to go on that journey, we've got to learn to discern the difference between the voice of God and all these other voices. And, and often we make the voice of God whatever we want it to be. Whereas actually the voice of God actually has a distinctive sound, it has a distinctive tone, and we've actually got to understand the difference between the voice of God and all these other voices that are around us. That's another whole subject, but it's really important. But he stopped and he listened to God. If we're feeling like we've had robbers that have defeated our hope, let's stop and listen to the voice of God. What is he saying this morning? He's saying, hey, hey, hey mighty hero. Hey mighty hero, you're going to get through this. You will succeed. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to let you stay in this place by yourself. I'm not going to bring you this far to see you defeated, to see you fail. I am going to be with you. All right, number two, how can we see the hero within us resurrected? I think we've, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready for a perspective adjustment. Be ready for a perspective adjustment. Who enjoys having their perspective adjusted? Come and sit in the principal's office and we will adjust your perspective. That happened to me lots of times. I don't know how often my perspective shifted, but I know I went back to that place a lot of times. See, there was no problem with Gideon bringing his questions to God. God's fine with that. God's fine with that. Sometimes we think, oh, what about is this, that, all these things... God doesn't care if you bring your questions to him. Who who gets insecure sometimes when people ask questions? Why why, why did you do that? Why did you choose that car? You know, why do you live in that suburb? Oh, gee, oh, maybe your mortgage is too big. Can you afford it? You know, and we start to get insecure. And, oh, oh, gee, why would you buy a Land Cruiser? You know, all these things that can, can, can go on. And we start to, we don't just say, well, that's, that's what I felt to do. Or we, we get all insecure about it. But God is not insecure. He actually doesn't care. He's actually able to address those questions. But Gideon, he he actually comes to God with his questions and if you look at the text, he actually starts at the place that the problem was with God. He says, hey, God... What about these stories that they tell us? You know, didn't, didn't, didn't you bring us out of Egypt? Didn't you do this? Didn't you do that? And, and then he says, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. And, and the issue was that Israel had actually turned their back on God. They had walked away from his protection and his blessing. And, and I think so often we get ourselves in pickles, in troubles. And, and we say, God, where are you in this? I've just gone broke because I made all these decisions that actually weren't that wise. And then we're going, God, you weren't with me. And, 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 and he actually says, 
He doesn't walk away from the hero within us. He actually comes back to us and he says, no, you will succeed. You will get through this, but you've actually got to have a perspective adjustment. You've got to own your situation and you've actually got to come around and start to see it the way I see it. You've got to understand that, no, I haven't left you. Perhaps we've actually walked outside of his protection and his blessing because we've made choices to go in that way. And that's exactly exactly what had happened to Israel. They'd turned their back on him and they'd done their own stuff. And it says, verse 14, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength that you have. Go with the strength that you had. God said, Move. Don't stay in this place hiding from the enemy. Come on. Come on. I've actually called you to something. You need to, you need to make a move. Don't allow your disappointment, the blame, all that stuff to hold you in this position that you're in. All right, number three, if we want to resurrect the hero within, I think we've got to be ready to go. Be ready to go. Be ready to move. Who's, who's, who's ever felt stuck? I've shared a few times that, that we, felt, we felt financially stuck for a number of years. And, and that was because of some decisions and, and some thinking and stuff that we actually had allowed, um, particularly me, to, to control parts of our life. And, and there was a, a point where we got to and said, yeah, we're going to address this and we're not going to stay there and we're going to be ready to go. And in that sense, yes, God, we, we actually moved from the house we're in. We moved into a, a place that's actually served us better. And, and really, what God did in us at that time has allowed him to do that in us as a church and take us to a new place. And he is doing a new thing and he is leading us on and we haven't seen anything yet. And, and, I, and I just think if, if we're going to allow the hero within us to be resurrected, we've got to be willing to go. Because God doesn't say, hey, just, sometimes he actually says wait, but he doesn't say stay there forever. He always calls us to continue to move and to go to what he calls us to. Go, and he says go in the strength that you have. So here's Gideon in a wine press. Feeling like a nobody, feeling like the weakest in his family, feeling like he's from the most insignificant clan in the most insignificant tribe and God's there says, hey, go in your strength you have. And he's like, hey, God, come on. What have I got? I'm the least. We're the weakest. But let's have a look. Gideon had the strength of caring because he cared about what was happening to his people and his country. He had that strength. Gideon had the strength of knowledge because he knew what God had done in the past. And I think there might be people here this morning and you're thinking, I I don't have much, I haven't got this. But hey, go back and actually see what God has already done in your life. See what he's already done in the past and actually draw on that strength to take you into the future. Go in the strength that you have. Gideon had the strength of the spiritual hungry because he wanted to see God do great things again. And who, who wants to see God do great things beyond what he's doing now? 
who's actually spiritually hungry for, for God to do some incredible stuff? Hey, go in the strength that you have. Go in the strength that you have. Come on, let's get ready for that. Gideon had the strength of the teachable because he listened to what God had said. Gideon had the strength um, of, of, of the weak because, you know, God says, you know what, I will be made strong through your weakness. All right, resurrecting the hero within you. Number, number four, I think we've, we've got to be ready. We've got to be ready to sacrifice. Who likes that one? Woo-hoo. We've got to be ready to sacrifice. Gideon said to him, don't go away until I come back with my offering. Come on, blokes. Sometimes we get really jaded about our situation, but hey, what, what, have, what are we giving God to work with? What are we actually brought to God to work with? What are we, what are we giving him to work with? It's like, oh yeah, here I am. Here's my, <laughs> here's my empty wallet. <laughs> here's my two minutes after I've had an incredibly busy week and, um, and actually spent um, four hours a night watching Netflix. Give him something to work with. You've got to give him something to work with. He can work with the little that we have. We have to be humble enough to lay ourselves down, lay our own ego down, lay our own self-sufficiency down and give God something to work with. And our theme this morning has been the hero within you and we've done the whole superhero theme. It's been a bit of a play on that. Because you know what? God's actually not calling superheroes. He's not asking for the superhuman. He actually just wants to speak to the greatness that he has already placed inside you and actually wants to resurrect the hero within you. Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. It's interesting what happened here. Uh, the story of Gideon goes on and, and if you know a little bit about the story, he, he has this amazing military success with, with just uh, essentially just a few hundred men and, and, and God kept sending them home just to show that you know, it, it wasn't a, about might, it wasn't about numbers, it was actually more about spirit. But before he could do that, do you know what he had to do? The defining thing after Gideon has this encounter with God. And I think as sometimes as Pentecostal Christians, we're, we're all for having the encounter with God. It's great to come to church. It's great to be in an atmosphere where we can actually feel the Spirit of God, where we can feel God moving. But Gideon actually walked out of that encounter with God and he actually did something. You know what the first thing that he did is he addressed deception. He addressed deception. Because in his father's family and his father's house, and this is somebody that had actually had 
a heritage in truth, had a heritage in the greatness of God, had a heritage in, in, in the amazing things that God wanted to do. But, but, but his father and his father's family, they'd sold out. That actually, they'd put up this, this big pole in, in the middle of their yard and, and it was actually... It was, it was actually there in honour to, to foreign false gods. It was actually bringing deception. It was bringing deception into their homes, into their family, into their nation, into their heart. And the first thing that Gideon did is he, is he got up and he, he was too scared to do it in the middle of the day. So in the middle of the night he goes and he, and he, he hacks down this, this pole. And then he, he builds an altar and he uses the, the fuel from, from this, this pole to, to fire up the altar and he makes a sacrifice to the one true God. And, and I think it's, it's okay to... I, I love to have encounters with God. I love those experiences. They are important. But you know what? When, we, when we've had that, he's always going to call us to actually go and make a change, address something. And so often, our society at the moment actually needs kingdom people that are prepared to address deception. And that's not necessarily walking around with loud hailers. That's not being Facebook warriors. That's actually just walking in the fact that you are not deceived, that you know the truth, that you're prepared to stand for the truth and you're prepared to speak it out and you're prepared to lead other people into the way of truth. Wow, what a generation of heroes. If out of an encounter with God we actually start to address deception in our society. We start to address that deceptive spirit that causes so many men to say, I can't go on, I can't get through this. That spirit that says, I don't know what else to do, so I'm going to beat my wife or beat my partner. You know, we've actually got to be the people that are prepared to actually address that spirit. Those answers are complex. Those answers are not fixed in one sermon. But I believe out of incredible encounters with God will come people that walk out of that prepared to not allow deception to be a defining part of their life anymore and we actually start to see truth that would prevail. You... (laughs) All of you, whether you're here in the building this morning, whether you're at home, there is a hero within you. You have been created for greatness. And God's calling that out. 